So, counseling for over 30 years, couples in marriages, I've seen lots of things that make me believe that people have a different idea about love and what love truly is. We talk about being skilled at the art of love. And we tend to look at things from television, from the lustful side, people in the bed, and music being played. We see fireplaces and all of the different condiments that we have around us and the drinks and so on. And assuming that the next stage would be the woman feeling some sort of way and the man is pursuing her. And the next thing is a beautiful bedroom scene and the scene changes the next morning. She's waking up smiling, stretching. He's getting dressed and walking out the door. Bye, baby. And that is the art of love. That is a forest. And this is as far from love as anything I have ever, ever imagined. First of all, we have to find the real definition of love. Number one, God is love. We are made in his image. And love is not taking or withdrawing from someone. Love is depositing into others. And that means making them better at the end of our conversation, at the end of the uh, time or the experience. The person is better because of our involvement in their lives. Uh, most of the things that we see only draws from someone, leaves them hopeless, leaves them helpless, leaves them wondering what just happened. So in my time of counseling couples, it's obvious that few people have been taught how to love. Again, God is love. So how do we give love? How do we accept love? Uh, how do we accept being loved or give love in return? When most of our lives has been uh, lust versus love, it has been giving to people. We made them priorities in our lives when we have been options in theirs. So it's hard to come up with a definition. There's almost a universal erroneous assumption that those who have experienced love automatically know how to love. Here again, what is love? It is giving and sharing, depositing, and feeling better at the end of the experience than when we began. So the first thing is, true love is similar to a person who is experiencing music. If you are an accomplished musician, it is because, first of all, you have practiced something. You didn't just have the skills and then from the skills become a professional. You practiced and you practiced and you practiced. So the first thing we need to know about love is after we know that it comes from God, number two is it's intentional. Love is not just a feeling, it's a choice. It's intentional. You're going to practice different behaviors, conversations that's going to say and show that this is going to be something that is evolving into a relationship. Uh, falling in love can happen, sure. I'm not knocking that. But after you fall in love, you're going to have to build that love. That love of falling in love is like a child being born. Uh, no more are, is your love perfect 
than that child being perfect or able to defend for, take care of itself. Neither can your love. If you're going to be a skilled lover, if you will, it's going to be like a skilled musician. Constant practice. You're going to begin to build those skills in such a way that your talent never ceases. You never cease to practice. You never cease to take anything for granted. Every skilled musician that I know of can go back to the basics and from the basics of a slow four beat measure, do, re, mi, far, so, la, ti, do, they go back to the basics and they build from that again. No matter how far they've come in life, if they can go back to the basics, they will become skilled musicians, even more skilled. That's the same thing with love. If you're going to get better at it, you have to go back to your basics. What are the basics? Well, great question. I think the basics are, for me, is going back to why I married the person I married. What made me fall in love with them? Why do I want to continue that, that relationship? And how to make that relationship deeper? I'm going to intentionally do the things to make it happen. And that only happens because I want it to happen and I'm going to do those things to make it happen. Now, you can say you want to eat something. You're hungry. You're naturally hungry. You want to eat something. The food's in the refrigerator. Uh, it's not cooked yet or whatever, but you know what you want. Now, sitting there thinking that you are going to be full because the food is in the refrigerator and hasn't been cooked yet is not going to fill your stomach. It's not going to satisfy you. Seeing the meal in your mind is great, but there's going to have to be a process of physically doing something. Getting up off that couch, going into that freezer or refrigerator, pulling out those items, organizing a time frame, preparing the oven or the stove, whatever it is, so that you can begin to make a difference in that process of wanting something, hungry, and making it happen. So that's what life is about. That's what being a person who is understanding or making love work for them, making it become effective in their marriage. There are so many people who have fallen out of love. Uh, they are continuing their time together just to stay financially fit for the children's sake and for a plethora of other reasons. But why do you stay in your relationship? You need to answer that question. What are the core values of your relationship that says it's worth it? This person, this man, this woman is worth it in my life. And I am adding to the relationship. And what do you bring to the table that you brought to the table originally, but now it's not being used or have been taken for granted? Those are the things we need to go back to the basic. Those are your notes, your four beats to a measure, do, re, mi, far, sol, arti, do. What is it that I need to go back to? What do I need to think about? What do I need to say? How do I talk to my spouse now? Have I become grumpy or do we even spend time together? 
has that phone or that games we have on the phone or texting to someone else has become more important than looking them in the eye? When is the last time you've been on a date and you didn't turn the phone on at all? When is the last time, the last time you took some time to fix a meal at home together or sit there watching him do something, spending time with him, encouraging him? Now, you and I know that there are love languages that we need to be aware of. And if you're going to talk the love language to someone, you need to know their love language. Whatever it is, that language needs to be spoken to that person. Many times uh, you would think it would be physical touch, but it may be words of affirmation. It could be quality times. It could be gifts. Whatever that love language is, know it and give it. The tough part about knowing someone's love language is probably, in most cases, it is not the same as yours. About 90% of the time, uh, the love language of the one spouse is different from the other. So to study that language, giving it to someone, has to be intentional. Knowing it and thinking about it and telling other people about it is not going to help the person that needs the language. So often, uh, people are saying great things about their spouses to someone else. And the spouse, of course, never hears it uh, because it was said to someone else. Sometimes uh, when you go out, your spouse might desire uh, quality time with you in something that they like to do. You may give them the time, the quality time, but it's not really quality if it's not something that's beneficial to them. Other times, their spouses would just want to be with the person. And being with them is great if that's going to enhance the relationship. So when I talk to you about being skilled and the art of love, it sounds like something that someone's going to write a book on and make you a passionate Casanova or something of that magnitude. Please don't waste your time. That's not what it's going to be about. If you want a quality relationship, it's going to happen because just like a skilled musician, the consistent practice will cause you to become skilled at the art of love. So keep that in mind when you start talking about it. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, the love languages, and that's the key for all of us. And I share this over and over again when I talk with young couples. Uh, Gary Chapman, Dr. Chapman, wrote a book called The Five Love Languages many years ago. And I find it to be a great tool for people to understand the basic parts about love. And that is the language, number one, is words of affirmation, affirming us, making us feel uh, that we are valuable to each other and to that relationship. That's important. That may be your language of love, but maybe not your spouse's. But if it is your spouse's, then study how to give them their language. Dr. Chapman mentions quality time as another one. That's a great one because a lot of times people say we're in the same room. Uh, He's looking at the television and I am uh, cooking something or whatever. But that's not quality time. Quality has to do with when we are in each other's area, space, spending that time uh, looking 
enjoying something together. And it could be sitting on the couch together, holding hands. But whatever that quality time is, we feel benefited by being in the presence of that person. And that is so important. Number three, Dr. Chapman says, is receiving gifts. It doesn't have to be big. I'll never forget one of the members of the church that my wife and I attended for many years told us about her husband. He had long passed before I met her, but she would tell us about one of the sweetest things that he did for her. They were dirt poor, had a house full of children. And she said that at night, every now and then, she would go to bed and there would be an apple under her pillow. And they would get into bed together with one apple and they would eat it together. Isn't that sweet? That gift was what she remembered. Now, he'd been gone for several decades by this time. Her children were grown and gone, and she was a grandmother, about to become a great-grandmother. But she still remembers the special gift to her was her husband. He could not afford major things. But can you imagine spending time together with an apple? Something simple. When you are a person who loves gifts, then that person or your spouse may be a person who loves the gifts. It doesn't take a lot. You don't need to give them the whole island or a whole bunch of diamonds or whatever. Just a thought. And you hear, they, you hear them say something that they like. Another one is, number four, is acts of service. Doing nice things for someone. Uh, whether if it's the opposite, your wife likes for you to keep things up. Well, Fixing what's broke could be an act of service. Being uh, on time for something, making sure that uh, the things are well kept around the house. Those are acts of services. Meeting her, opening the door, uh, being home for him, looking good when he walks in the door. Acts of service. If that's what your spouse likes, you're becoming skilled at the art of love, which is so important. Finally, physical touch. A great tool. Uh, that's not sexual. Uh, physical touch is not sexual. It is truly hand-holding, uh, pats and rubs, winks, those sorts of things. Wink at me, whatever. And those are the kinds of things that make a relationship strong. It uh, gives you the skills that one can say, these are acts uh, or signs of being uh, skilled at the art of love. And that's what I want to share with you today. And I hope that uh, you hear what I'm saying. So the next time that you hear music and you hear your favorite song and you know what's coming next, imagine in your mind that you are the one who has to play all those instruments. You're the one who has to have that voice. And what, how much time would it take you it would take you to get that done. Well, it's the same thing with the art of love. You're the one that's going to play this orchestra every part. But remember, you do it by making intentional choices. It works that way. Take care.